After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. No employees, no plan, and no money. These were the challenges that attracted him to run the state's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. His career in the insurance business spans 30 years, making him the best man available to face this endeavor. Under his leadership, the company was able to sign 232 policies amounting to $1.3 million in premiums within its first month of operation. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, President and CEO of Hawaii Employers Mutual Insurance Company, Hemek, Bob Dove. Welcome to our show, Bob. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Hemek, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Hemek is uh, a, a rather unique company for Hawaii. It's, there are models like Hemic around the country, but uh, what makes us unique is we are both the residual market in workers' compensation insurance, which means that any employer is guaranteed that if they'll follow a few simple rules, they can come to us to get coverage. But we're also a competitive uh, market, and so we compete with other mainstream insurers for workers' compensation business. And then how did you get involved with Hemic? I was sitting in my home in Houston one day and I had a call from a business associate who uh, was working with the board of directors in, in Hawaii and they were looking for a CEO. Hemick had just been uh, established, uh, had one employee at that time. Uh, in fact, my wife, when I, when I told her that I'd had this contact, she said, but, but, but let me understand this. You got, they have only one employee and I said, yeah. And she said, but they don't even have a permanent office. I said, no. They said, they don't have any computers. I said, no. She said, they don't have any money. I said, isn't that neat? <laughs> and, and I meant that from the standpoint of you had the opportunity to take and build it from the beginning. You, you, you didn't come into a, uh, an insurance industry is steeped with tradition, but sometimes tradition can be very stifling. And you get all these answers of uh, you have what you think is a good idea, and the reason you can't do it is because, well, we've always done it another way. And so from starting from scratch, we could do it exactly the way we felt it should be done. And have you ever had that experience, starting something from the beginning from scratch? Uh, on something of this magnitude, that was really the first, the first time. I had been previously at the Texas Workers' Compensation Insurance Fund, which is now called Texas Mutual. And it, had, it was a company in Texas having a similar mission. It was government, where we're a private company. We're owned by our policyholders. It was a governmental corporation, but they had started, uh, they'd been in existence a year when I joined them. And, uh, and, and so I, it was nearly startup, but, but I didn't do all the foundation work there like we did here. But you've, you've been on your own before, right? You owned your own company. Yes, I, I owned my, my own insurance agency uh, years ago and, and uh, been involved in, in a lot of other things. I mean, just to get a varied experience. I was mayor of a small town. That was uh, uh, more like being president of a civic club. They didn't pay you anything to be mayor. You, know, you, just, got to, you just got to be mayor. Uh, I was on a, on a school board. 
a friend of mine when I was running for the school board said, you know, there's two, two things that make people nuts. When you mess with their money and you mess with their kids, you're running for the school board. That means you're going to be messing with both of them. So, so I've, I've gone into some areas that, that uh, had uh, some degree of, of trepidation or risk. So when you got your call from Hawaii, what ties did you have to Hawaii? And have you ever been here before? I had never been to Hawaii had absolutely no ties that uh, you can't establish with watching a travel log. Uh, it, was, it, w- it was very, uh, in fact, you know, my, my, my wife said at the time, she said, Hawaii? Because uh, we had never even thought about leaving, leaving Houston. And, and uh, I said, well, you know, it's just they need to show that they know some people in the industry. It's not a, not a big deal. We'll, uh, uh, you know, it, it'll, they just put my name in. Don't worry about it. Well, a week later, I was sitting in a uh, Kinko's in the southwest side of Houston doing a, a, a video conference interview. And it was the toughest interview I've ever done. And the reason was, is because of the state of the technology then, there was a big lag on the video. And so, like when I'm talking to you, if, if, if you seem to be enjoying the story, I can, I can go with it. And if you're not, I can kind of segue and go the other way. But in this interview, they'd asked a question. And you'd hear the question and you'd respond to the question and as you were responding you would see the bo- their body language from when they were asking and so you were always it seemed like you were a half hour behind but you always had this lag built in and so you couldn't uh, you couldn't tell w- what kind of impression you're making and you couldn't fit your answers to to the audience because you just didn't know what was going on and we were about uh, there were three people on the on the search committee uh, two of them local residents here, uh, very successful business people, Kathy Inkinen and Bruce Copa. And uh, then they had a consultant who was the CEO of Maine Employers Mutual Insurance Company. And his name is John Leonard. Well, about halfway through the interview, uh, a question was asked. And, and as I was answering the question, I saw Bruce Copa write something down and pass it over to Kathy Inkinen. And Kathy looked at it and kind of went, and I'm thinking, what did I say wrong? Where do I got to backtrack? How can I segue to get, give another take of that last question? And, and you just couldn't do it because by that time you've answered, there's another question coming. And so we just went on. And about a week later, I was out here for a final negotiation and interview. And, and about two weeks after that, I was working here. So when I got to know Bruce better, I, I brought up the incident to him. I said, well, Bruce... Do you remember the part where you you wrote on the on the on the note something to Kathy and I said you kind of had a stern look on your face and you pass it over to her and she kind of nodded her head. Uh, what did what, what did I say wrong? He said, "Oh, nothing. I wrote he's our guy." I said, "But yeah, but you put me through another half hour of interview." <laughs> so so anyway, it was uh, it was a very very difficult interview. But that's how I got to Hawaii. First first time I'd ever been to Hawaii was when we came to do the final negotiations. What was your first impression of Hawaii? Well, obviously it's beautiful. I mean, that's the first thing. It's just uh, you're not off the plane yet, and you see the the, the beautiful colors of the ocean. Uh, you see the, uh, the the Pearl Harbor as you as you come in, and and, and you have you have that impression. It was uh, the weather was very pleasant. Uh, people said to me, uh, "Don't you think it's hot?" I said, "Well, no." They said, "You don't." Well, don't you think it's humid? I said, "Well, no." 
come come see me in Houston in August or September, and I'll show you hot and humid. So so it was very temperate climate, and then I was received very well by the by the people. Uh, uh, very definitely uh, had a a great reception, and and uh, uh, so overall I had a very very favorable impression. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. We're back with Bob Dove, CEO and President of Hawaii Employees Mutual Insurance Company, Hemec. You've been here for a while, and a lot of times executives come here from the mainland, can't seem to fit in, and then leave. You've seemed to fit in well. What advice could you give other executives wanting to come and work in Hawaii for fitting in? First of all, I think it's a state of mind. I think when you come into a new situation, you can come in with the attitude that you're going to find things that are familiar to you and things that you like, or you can come in with a, the attitude that I'm going to find everything that's different and everything I don't like. And so it's kind of like, you know, I'm here, for, you have that, that attitude, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help you. So if you come in too full of yourself, you're not going to fit in. If by the same token you come in and everything that is different, you complain about uh, or you, or you uh, try to change, uh, you're, you're going to have problems. But if you look for things that, that, are, that you like, things that you're familiar with, uh, and you try to acclimate yourself, uh, you, can fit in, you can fit in just fine. And I think, I think anywhere. I think I could work in New York. I, I know I can work in Houston, obviously. Uh, we've been successful here in, in Honolulu. And I think if you want to fit into an environment, you can do it. Uh, I don't think there's any place that, that just will, will exclude you. Some places you have to work a little harder than others, but, but you can fit in. Before arriving, did you have any preconceptions of how business would run in Hawaii? And when you got here, you found out they were different. Not, not so much preconceptions or were different, but I knew that I was coming into uh, a, a, an area where I'd, I'd never been before. And I, I anticipated that maybe the culture was a little different, maybe the business climate was a little different. I know before I got here, I read uh, Michener's Hawaii, uh, just to try to get some idea, and, and Michener, uh, you kind of got to work to get through Michener. I, the the uh, volcano bubbled, bubbled, bubbled for about 100 pages before we ever, ever, ever got to have land, it seemed. But anyway, I, I got some, some feel for that. Um, when I got here, one one of the first people I met gave me a, a, a book, a little, it was a little paperback book, was how to how to get along in in Hawaii, and and uh, uh, and it, it had a lot of advice and 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 things in it. I know one thing it 
told you is don't try to talk pigeon if you're not you know if, if it doesn't come natural to you because it and and so that's why I tell people I'm still in the uh, Mahalo y'all stage I, I still have that, I still have that Texas twang but the from a business standpoint probably the most valuable thing that happened for me in the first period of time that I was here is our board of directors had already retained a gentleman who's now deceased by the name of Steve Hirano and Steve was a lifetime resident, had been active in the political process, active in the business process, and I think even had uh, some some uh, history with it, with this station. And uh, I was here about three days, and Steve said, uh, "Let's let's go uh, meet me after work." And so we went up to one of the local uh, business watering holes, and over several glasses of, of red wine, we went through virtually uh, a synopsis of the history of Hawaii, how things got to be the way they are, why they're that way, uh, what to do, what not to do. So you understood it. It didn't just say, do things this way. He talked about why they were that way. And we went back to one of the Kamehamehas. I'm not sure which one, but but uh, literally on, on how, the, how the society had progressed, the plantation era, all the, all the uh, importation of labor of the various ethnic groups and how things had evolved and then why there were certain sensitivities, how you had to deal with things. And in that couple, three hours, was probably the most valuable three hours I've spent the whole time I've been in Hawaii as far as learning how to assimilate into the society. That was a major crash course. It was a major, a major crash course. But the, the good thing is that Steve believed it. I mean, I mean it was in his heart, not just uh, his love of Hawaii, but also he believed in this concept that was hemic and he wanted it to be successful. And the last thing he wanted to do is see some uh, bozo come in from the mainland and mess it all up. And so he was very dedicated to helping uh, lead and guide my activities and, and uh, made it much easier than it could have been. I, I could have very easily been a bull in a china shop. And some may think I have been, but uh, I could have been more bullish. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Bob Dove, CEO and President of Hawaii Employees Mutual Insurance Company, Hemic. Could you tell us more about the process of developing the company from one employee to the hundreds that you have now, and then also expanding the market? Well, first, I don't want to leave the impression we have hundreds of employees. We have 75. <laughs> but um, the, the process was very, you know, it was a very, very different than our experience in, in Texas. In, in Texas, when the Texas Fund was formed, there was virtually no insurance market. And 
so as a result, uh, and it's a very large market anyway, and as a result, the company grew so quickly. The first year, they wrote $200 million in premiums. Second year, they wrote $400 million. The third year, they wrote $600 million in premiums. And so there, the management exercise was one of throwing people and money at problems and just trying to keep everything together. And uh, it was a very challenging process, uh, but it was, uh, it, it was executed well. And, but it was a chaotic uh, spend money, get people, get it done. We came to Hawaii, and it was just the opposite. We were, by the time the legislation passed, and, uh, which enabled Hemic to be formed, we'd gone into what was called a soft market cycle. There was a return to the marketplace by a lot of insurance companies. And so we had very slow, very orderly growth. The difference was, though, in Texas, when you had this, this really frenetic uh, growth experience, the legislature had also given us $300 million to, to start with. And so you had a financial base. In Hawaii, they gave us absolutely nothing. They said, start a company with no money, uh, borrow what you can, and good luck. And so there, we had to take a very different management approach. Uh, but in a very short period of time, we had to choose systems. We had to start having people. We had to do rate filings. We had to do form filings. There was a lot to be done, but it was in a much more orderly environment. Uh, we also had to be much more conservative in the way we did things because we didn't have any money. Uh, if you have $300 million, you can afford to make a financial mistake here and there when you have no money. Technically, you're insolvent the day you open, open the doors because you're spending money before you're making any money. Uh, it, it's a very different management experience. What's going through your mind when you first come here to a place you've never been before, culture is totally different, and you have only one employee and you have to get all your money together and everything else? What are you thinking? Well, uh, I, I never had any doubts that we could get it done. I think that was that was the I think the first and the most important thing. If you're starting a business, or if you're starting a venture, or really anything you do, you ought to have confidence that you can do the job. Uh, the second thing I believe is extraordinarily important that you surround yourself with good people, and and if you bring in the right people, uh, they can fill in all the all the chinks you have in your armor and all the gaps because nobody can be all things to all people. Um, I was told that in Hawaii I would not be able to hire a qualified staff. And that was not a reflection on, on the people of Hawaii. Uh, there were certainly qualified people here. But what that meant was is these are established insurance companies that you're, you're competing against. There's relatively few of them. They have established staffs. You are not going to get the senior vice president of underwriting to come to a startup when they've got a secure job already with a, a first insurance or an AIG or an island or any of the other uh, established companies in Hawaii. And that turned out to be true from the standpoint that we could not hire the senior vice president of underwriting. But what we did get is we got people that were maybe second or third in that chain of command, people who were uh, maybe a little inexperienced but ambitious and we're willing to accept change, we're willing to find a different way and a better way, and so we, we from the beginning, had a very energetic group of people. And that's, uh, and that's, that's extraordinarily important. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. 
After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.com. We're back with Bob Dove, CEO and President of Hawaii Employees Mutual Insurance Company, Hemec. Our show is about inspiring leaders to develop them. What do you think in your lifetime has prepared you to be in the position as CEO today? You know, there's that old saying that leaders are born, uh, not made. But I, I, I think that's there, there's probably some truth to that. Uh, not that it's in your genes necessarily, but your early childhood upbringing and 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 that type of thing. But also, a lot of it is preparation, uh, the, doing your homework, learning your craft or your trade. Uh, from my very early days, I was I was very very fortunate. Uh, I grew up in a in a in a household uh, that uh, my dad uh, was uh, a, co- a very successful college athlete. He was an all-American football player at Notre Dame. Uh, <clears throat> rather than going on to a pro career, he enlisted in the Marine Corps during uh, World War II. And uh, I think by the time he retired from the Marine Corps, he was a, a captain through the war years. I was born at at uh, uh, Camp Pendleton. Uh, in uh, in Oceanside, California, at uh, the, the Naval Hospital there. Uh, then my dad was in the, was a, a professional football player and a coach, and so he was always in uh, high profile leadership positions. and And I, I saw that and I learned from that, and I wasn't intimidated by by being in in that position. Uh, and and he was had many uh, you know life life lessons that. That that I kind of uh, accepted and incorporated. I, I know one of the things that uh, that he said. I made some comment about at one point about being a good loser, and I know this goes into semantics. And he said, "You don't want to be a good loser." He said, "You want to be a gracious loser, but not a good loser. Once you accept losing, then losing comes too easily. You want to be a, a, a good winner." and a gracious loser. Learn how to deal with both success and failure, but turn both into success. And so that, that is all part of, of that process. And so I had that, that example growing up. 
And then I was uh, an athlete and and, uh, played basketball at Ohio State and was captain and most valuable player of of the Ohio State team. And so that thrusts you into a leadership role. Whether you want to be there or not, uh, you're, you're a leader, an elected leader of that team. And so had that bit of training. But from the other side of it, I once I got in the insurance industry, and I did that entirely by accident, I treated it as a profession. I learned my craft. I, I did a lot of study. I've got, got the professional designations. Uh, and, and that helps you with leadership uh, because if you're comfortable in, in what, that what you say is right, if you feel that you have command of the subject, much easier to lead. And yet you have to also understand that you don't know it all. You never know it all. And there's other people that have good ideas. And that's why we have the type of environment we do where we want people. I can sit in my office and, and uh, have all kinds of nice theories, but I'm not out in the field. So I, we need input from agents about what really works in the field. I'm not working on the, on the, on the line where, where the, the day-to-day work takes place. And so we may have what we think is a great system. Uh, maybe tech, technology or otherwise, and yet it's not working and it's bottlenecked. And so that's why uh, I, th- I think one of the things you have to have in being a leader is the confidence that you can be wrong and the confidence that other people can be right and can have better ideas. Because if you don't have that, then you suppress those ideas. And if you suppress the ideas, then you're really not leading, you're driving. Coming from your small company of one starting and now to a much larger company, when did you folks feel that it was time to start getting more involved in the community? We're, we're in a, in a in kind of a, a, uh, an unusual situation in that we're a mutual insurance company. And a mutual insurance company means that you're owned by your policyholders. And so we never felt that we were empowered by the, by the policyholders to invest a lot of what was their money into good causes, uh, into the community. And we, we never felt, uh, we also, we insure many of the, uh, the nonprofits in, in, in the state, and we didn't feel that we could pick and choose and, and do that. And so, in a way, we're in a difficult situation. But with, with our employees, we, we've uh, talked to all our employees about being good corporate citizens, uh, about being involved in the community. And so internally, while we're not spending HEMIC dollars, corporate dollars, uh, on, on uh, uh, the nonprofit community and that type of thing, to any large extent, I think we have a budget of maybe $30,000. Uh, but our, our employees are involved individually. We have, uh, once a month, we have a, a casual day. Now, my first question when they proposed having a casual day was, how can we get more casual? You know, I came out of a coat and tie, tie environment. I, I feel pretty, you know, pretty casual. But uh, where, where they can wear jeans and, and tennis shoes and things to work. They pay $5 for that privilege. And we have really two charities that those go to. And one is, is breast cancer. And the, and the other is a Lokahi project for uh, Christmas gifts for kids. And so all year round, we have constant reminders that the importance of being uh, good corporate citizens, because at least once a month, we have one of these casual days and people pay to dress casual and that money goes to good causes. And, and, and I think that, that, uh, that constant awareness is, is good for, for our staff and it's, and it's good for the company. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Bob. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. 
For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.